0: Hey y'all, you're listening to the Faith Church Sermon Podcast. We are so excited that you're connecting with us today. It is our desire for you to grow as a result of the resources we provide here. We pray that this blesses you today as you seek to know Him more. So I think all of us want God to bless us, right? Like, if we took a poll, like, how many of you want God to bless? Like, everybody's like, I want God to bless me. Like, right? Like, we all want God to bless us in all kinds of ways, right? We want him to bless our health. We want him to bless our relationships. We want him to bless our wealth. We want him to bless every part of who we are. Because the opposite of it is, imagine, like, raise your hand if you want God to ignore you. Hey, how about, any of you want God to curse you? Who's up for God cursing you, right? Like, no, I think we all go back to, I'm really down with God blessing me. I want God to bless me, and I want God to bless you. And I think, for the most part, you want God to bless you, and you want God to bless me. That's sort of normal human relationships. But somehow, we think, uh, we get confused. We wonder if God actually wants to bless us. We wonder, we think, do I deserve God's blessing? Do I merit God's favor? Does God actually love me? Does God care about me? Is God close? Is he distant? Where is God? Is he punishing me? Is he standing off and away from me? Where is God? And it's part of why my friends this summer, we're going to spend time looking at God's abundance. We're gonna spend time looking at God's abundance because I think most of us fail to see just how generous God is. We cannot imagine. Not a person among us can imagine just how generous God is towards his sons and daughters. But that's not the conception that most of us have. That's not how most of us live and breathe and act, that God's generous towards his people. There's this phrase that's repeated over and over and over and over in the Old Testament. It's this phrase that God's trying to drum into our heads. In the beginning of the Bible to the middle of the Bible, it says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding love. He he wants us to believe this about his character, do you? And and if you're honest, most of us would go, you know, sometimes I believe that. A lot of times I don't. I'm not sure if I believe that. I actually have in my mind that God's more like a linebacker and he's waiting for me to just mess up. And then he lights me up and stands over me. He's like, ah, yeah, see, that's what you get for not listening to me. That's what we think about God, and yet this is who the Bible says he is. He's compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. And there's not a situation you find yourself in today, a situation that you put yourself in, or a situation that someone else puts you in, that this isn't true. Every single circumstance we find ourselves in, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding love. No exceptions, no space on earth, no hole you put yourself in or someone else puts yourself in, that this isn't true, that this is God's disposition, character towards his people. This is who he is. And yet, we're like, nah, it can't be. I don't deserve that. That's not who he is. That's not my experience. That I, I can't possibly be true. Have you been in my house? Have you seen my circumstances? Is God really this way? We fail to realize just how generous God is. But here's what the Bible teaches from beginning to end. You want God's blessing, and God wants to bless you. Like, it's our natural, normal human tendency to want God to bless us, true, and the Bible says that God wants to bless you. And you go, Joe, that's too good to be true. Like, that can't be. Like, what's the catch? Right, like, here's the sales pitch. If you give more, if you do this, if you do that, then you're gonna get, right? give and get is sort of the how we think of this. But this is true from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, that God wants to bless us. And we long for blessing, but sometimes we just don't know how to access it or what to do to get it or what does it require or what does it mean or what does it look like. So that's kind of why we're leaning in this summer. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to Numbers chapter 6. It's in the Old Testament. Dave, last week, pointed us in the Psalms. We started in Psalm 31, looking at how God wants to give abundant blessing to his sons and daughters. Today, we're in Numbers chapter six, towards the beginning of your Bible, and looking again at the fact who God is and his character, and what is his disposition towards the people on planet Earth, and what does he want to do, and how does he want to act, and what does it look like for you and me to gain access to this and live in this and walk in this? This That's kind of where we're going today. So would you pray with me? God, I thank you for your word. It's living and active and speaks. I thank you that you know our stories and you know our headspace right now. You know how we're thinking and acting and what we're feeling, what we're experiencing. Some of us are on the mountaintops. Maybe we got a new job or started a new relationship. Maybe we just had a birth in the family or a wedding. We're on top of the mountain. Some of us are on the bottom of the pit. We got a cancer diagnosis. We're struggling with anxiety or suicidal thoughts. Our kids, our family members are doing crazy, whack things. And everywhere in between we find ourselves today. But your word is alive and active, and you want to guide us and teach us. So Holy Spirit, keep me from saying anything that wouldn't be pleasing to you. And I pray that we would receive from you what you want to give your sons and daughters, which is the truth that you're slow to anger and abounding in love towards your people. So help us to see that today and lean into that today, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Numbers chapter 6 is found in this book called Numbers, so a little bit of context about the book of called Numbers. It's sort of the beginning of 40 years of God's people, the Jewish people wandering in the desert. Imagine 40 years living in a tent. If you don't know what it looks like to be cursed by God, imagine a 40-year campout. Like, I can't imagine a 40-day campout. I don't want a four-day campout. I need air conditioning. So 40 years in the wilderness, dirty, grimy, at the campfire, unsettled, purposeless, wandering around? How could this be God's blessing? That's where we start in Numbers chapter one. It's like, you're in the wilderness wandering around. Where are you, God, who wants to bless us? Are you kidding me? We're wandering in the desert for 40 years. So back up a little bit to get the context. Back earlier in Genesis chapter 12, at the beginning of the Bible, God approaches a guy named Abraham, and he says to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. He says to Abraham, imagine this, you're watching Wimbledon this afternoon, and God's like, hey, I need to see you outside, and you go outside, and God says, I want to make you great. And I want to make your family great. And I'm going to make you and your family great, not because you're great, but because I'm great. And I'm great, so I'm going to make you great. And when I make you great, I want to make you great so you can bless everybody else around you. That's what God does to Abraham. He shows up and says this to him, and he says Abraham, I'm going to make you great. Not because you're great, but because I'm great. And through you, I'm going to show greatness to the world. And God takes this one guy who has no Kids and he makes him great. And so great is Abraham's descendants that the neighboring nation in the region decides to enslave these people, God's people, and put them into slavery for 400 years. God, where are you when you want to bless your people and now they've found themselves in slavery? How could you be a great God who wants to bless your people, but now your people are in slavery? Where are you, God? How could you be great? God shows his greatness by sending Moses to rescue his people. And God's people get to see front row seat to watch God do all these incredible, powerful things, destroying their enemies and feeding them miraculously. They have a front row seat to see the greatness of God in miraculous ways. They're watching God do things that only, like miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, food and protection, parting the Red Sea, all this stuff, they're watching it. First day, they're watching it. Second day, they rebel and walk away from God, give their finger to God. And God's like, Are you kidding me? I've been so faithful to you. I've been so kind to you. I've been so for you. I have blessed you and protected you and provided for you and saved you. And you're going to walk away and rebel against me. And into the wilderness they go for a 40 year camp out. It's tough stuff. And then they go, Where are you, God? Where are you, God? How could you care about you? You thought you were going to bless me, God. How are you doing this? Why aren't you blessing me? And so we get to the beginning of Numbers chapter one. And the book of Numbers is because they take a census. The beginning of the wilderness, they count all the people. Why would God bring them into the wilderness to count all the people? Well, maybe because he made this promise that I'm gonna bless you, and I'm gonna make your name great, and I'm gonna make you into a great nation. And now he's looking at God's people, and there's 600,000 men plus women and children. I think it's God's way of saying, remember I told you I would bless you and make you a great nation out of nothing? Not because you're great, but because I'm great. Remember how I protected and provided for you and you grew and grew and grew and the numbers don't lie? You see my greatness? But you're wandering and rebelling against me. You're walking away from me. You're not pursuing me. Numbers chapter two, he says, I want to meet with you. In the middle of the camp, he puts a tent that says, come meet with me here. I want to interact with you. I want a relationship with you. Numbers chapter five, he says, I want my camp to be clean and pure. I don't want you to pursue things that are wrong and rebel against me. Don't do that. And he warns them. We get to Numbers chapter six and think of this. God promised to bless them and he blessed them. He promised to make them great, and they became great. He promised to say, you're gonna have more than the sand of the seas, shores. You're gonna have so many people, and he made them that way. He said, I wanna walk with you, and I wanna meet with you, and I wanna engage with you. Walk with me, meet with me. Engage with me, trust me, follow me. And they rebel against him and they go into the desert and they're in a campsite and they're going, 40 years of this, how could you bless me, God? How could this be good? How are you generous? How are you kind? How are you slow to anger and abounding in love when I'm stuck camping out for 40 years? And it's in this context that the greatest blessing comes from God. Check it out. Numbers chapter six, verse 22. In The middle of the desert in the wilderness when they're wondering The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you're to bless the Israelites. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons. Aaron and his sons are the Levites, the priests, that are entrusted with caring for the people, shepherding the people. He says, hey, Moses... Tell Aaron and your sons, in the middle of this desert where they're questioning and wondering, where I've told you my standards and you've rebelled against me, where you're in a difficult spot and you can't possibly think that I care about you, gather them together and tell them, this is how you're to bless the Israelites, priests. Now, two words in this passage that are super important to hear. We're gonna break this down. He says, the Lord's gonna be repeated. This word Lord is gonna be repeated multiple times. And it's the word Yahweh. It's the proper most holy name for God. It's describing the king of the universe, the sovereign, the creator, the sustainer, the Alpha and the Omega, the one who's above all things. Yahweh, creator, sustainer, king, is going to speak. And what's incredible about Yahweh is it's incre- big, powerful God, but it's also personal God who wove you together in your mother's womb and knows your name and every hair on your head. Yahweh. Massive, powerful and personal Yahweh. And then the next word that you're going to see over and over is the word bless, which means gifted with divine favor in every way. Bless the people. Gift them with divine favor in every way. Left, right, up, down, under every direction. It's this holistic, every direction, peace, prosperity, goodness. Give them the gift of my divine favor. So now you go back to this and it says... The Lord said to Moses, the Lord, who? Yahweh, king, sovereign over all things, but personal enough to know your name and the hairs on your head. The Lord, Yahweh, said to Moses, tell the priests, Aaron and the sons, this is how you are to bless. Give the gift of my divine favor in every direction, left, right, up, and down. Give them the gift of my divine favor. Bless them. Them. What's incredible is these people are finding this in the desert. They're in the middle of this situation where they rebelled against God, they walked away from God, and God said, Camp out for 40 years. It's in that moment, without them asking for anything, that God says, I want to show up and bless my people. Why? Because that's His character. That's who God is. He's the God who's slow to anger and abounding in love and wants to bless His people. He's not waiting to be asked, He's not waiting for you to clean up your act. He's going, I want to bless you. I'm coming into the worst situation you could find yourself in, a 40-year camp out, and I want to bless you. That's why I'm here. That's what I'm going to do. Not because of anything you have done or not done, but because of who I am, I want to bless you. Say to the priests, bless the people. And then we get into these most beautiful words. He says, say to them, when you bless them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you, and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you, and give you peace. I mean, what incredibly beautiful words! When my sons were young, uh, we actually someone had taught us a prayer, a lullaby. Took these words and put them into a little song, and we would sing these words over our sons every night because that's just they're just beautiful, simple. Gracious words that so when we would walk out of their rooms at night and shut the lights off, we'd be singing this prayer over them because there's something so beautiful. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Beautiful, saturated with so much goodness. I want you to notice a pattern that you see in this blessing. Do you notice how many times it says the Lord? Is that an accident? What's the Lord mean? Yahweh right? Supreme king over all things, but personal enough to know your name and the hairs on your head. Yahweh, the Lord, is repeated three times. Is that an accident? No, because all of us are shopping for blessing everywhere. All of us want to be blessed. We look for blessing in all kinds of places, We look for satisfaction, we look for wealth, we look for health, we look for relationship, we look for sexual pleasure, we look for satisfaction, we look for identity, purpose. We're looking for blessing in all of these areas. It's like you're looking for ribs to barbecue and you go to get ribs at the hardware store. How's that gonna go? I mean, have you been to Home Depot recently and found a rack of ribs? We shop as humans for blessing everywhere. We want divine favor. We want divine satisfaction. We want divine peace. We want divine hope. We're going to a hardware store. God, the Lord, Yahweh, king of the universe, is the storehouse of blessing. And he's saying, you want blessing? Come to me. I'm the king, the sovereign, the one who gives out blessing to you. I want you to notice in this pattern, it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. It's something about the Lord. Like this is central to this. Who is this Lord and what is he like? The sovereign king of the universe. Who is he? What's he going to be? But I want you to notice this pattern that you see. He says, the Lord bless you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord turn his face towards you. These statements are God's movement towards people. This is The Lord bless you. He's not blessing you from a distance. This is God moving towards us. The Lord make his face shine upon you is super personal. It's a movement towards you and me. The Lord turn his face towards you is a movement towards people. It's not clean up your act and then I will move towards you. His disposition is I will move towards you. I'm going to move towards you. I always move towards my people. I don't move away. I'm not grossed out. I'm not bothered. I don't want to be distant. I'm moving towards you. So when it says, the Lord bless you, he has to be close enough to bless. The Lord make his face shine upon you. It's it's this image that he's lifting up his head. Right? So if you go into your boss's office and she's, I don't know, busy, her head's down, she's working on something, If she doesn't lift up her head, what's gonna happen? You're gonna be like, a little uneasy. If you walked into the president's office and they didn't lift up their head, what would you do? You'd probably just like back out, right? When you walk into the presence of God, he lifts up his head. He lifts up his head. He acknowledges, honors, respects, you're in his presence. And he doesn't just lift up his head, he turns his face towards you. His gaze is on you. It's towards you. It's this imagery like you walk into his presence and you're, it, we're all a mess and he lifts up his head and he sees you and he catches your eye and he smiles. The Lord bless you and keep you and the Lord lift up his countenance, his face upon you and be gracious to you. This is this disposition of God to move towards people, to move towards us, not away from us. And we go, you know what, how could that be true? I'm not sure, I'm such a sinner, I'm God's holy, how does that all work? Well, I think the best example of this is in Romans chapter five. We learn this about Jesus. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. So the person in the work of Christ puts on display what's happening in Numbers chapter six, that the Lord lifts up his countenance upon you and smiles at you, and you're, you're a mess. While I was yet a sinner, It's not clean up your act first and then God blesses. God's disposition is towards you to bless you. While I was yet a sinner, Jesus said, come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me with all your brokenness and all your mess, and I'll help you. I'll care for you. I'm not grossed out by you. I'm not distant from you. I want a relationship with you. I'm coming towards you, and I'm not waiting for you right? It's, it's this disposition of God towards people. He's not far off. He's close and wants to come into your presence and, and give you peace and purpose. So when he says, the Lord bless you and keep you, The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. He's moving towards you. The Lord bless you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord turns, but he's not just moving towards you. He's doing something when he moves towards you. There's an action. He says he moves towards you to keep you. What's keep you? Protect you, keep you, watch over you, refuge. He's a shelter, right? It's this picture of I got you. And for the sons of daughters of God, I got you forever. Nothing can pluck you from my hands. I'm yours forever. You're mine. I own you. I adopted you into my family. The Lord make his face shine upon you and act in what? A gracious way. God is gracious towards us. He's the superior and I'm the inferior. He's the greater, I'm the lesser. I am finite, he's infinite. I am foul and impure, he is perfect and holy. And he is gracious, the word gracious means he's favorably disposed to me. With unmerited favor, he loves me. With his loving kindness and care, he's gracious to me. This is God's disposition as he's moving towards me to be gracious to me, not because I deserve it, but because he is great and gracious in all his ways. He's moving towards me to act. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. He wants to give you peace. The word peace is shalom, which is total peace. It's the absence of conflict. It's health and prosperity, and goodness in every direction possible. It's the peace that passes all understanding. It's the peace that's going to come when we're with Jesus and there's no more tears or crying or problem or pain. The old order will be gone and the new order will be here. It's total shalom in the presence of God. He wants to give you and me peace. And so to track this, Moses is in the wilderness. They're all They've been messed up. They screwed up. They're 40 years in the desert. He's like, you, you, you rebelled against me, but I want you to know, even when you rebel against me, make sure you get up in front of the people and speak this blessing over them. Bless them. Tell them I'm moving towards them, not away from them, I'm not grossed out by them, but I want to keep them and protect them. I want to shine my face on them and be gracious, my loving kindness towards them. I want to give them peace, prosperity, wholeness, now and forevermore. That's just who God is. And he's like, tell the people that. So... Verse 27 says, so they will put my name on the Israelites. So when the priests do this, he commands the priests to speak this blessing over the people. When they put their name on the Israelites, I will bless them. So God's speaking here, and he's saying, when you stand up in front of the people, priests, and you speak this blessing over the people, and you use my name, the Lord, the Lord, Yahweh, 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 he's gonna do this. He's moving towards you. He wants to give you peace and be gracious towards you. When you put my name on them, it's like you're stamping my name on the people. And when you stamp my name on those people, I will bless them. And think of this. The priests are looking out at the people and he knows like Bob is a jerk, and Sally's trying so hard to please Yahweh, but she's fallen because she struggles with doubt and some things happen to her in dark and dirty ways that caused her to act in certain ways that she's ashamed of herself. She wants to follow Yahweh, but she's struggling. He's looking out, the priest's looking out and seeing all the different ups and downs, lefts and rights, valleys and shadows of every single person. And by faith, he's listening to God and saying, when you get up in front of that crowd of people, bless them. Stamp my name on them. All the dysfunction and all the abuse and all the doubts and all the struggles and all the heartache and all the pain and all the good days and all the bad days. Speak over that group of people a blessing. And when you do that, I stamp my name and say, I'll do it. I'll bless them. Because that's my disposition towards my people. Not because of who they are, but because of who I am. And here's where it gets really kind of sticky. Let's talk about this. You want God's blessing, don't you? And God wants to bless you. But this is sort of a, it's a tough spot. It gets sticky here. Because it's so easy for us to want God's blessing and side by side with I want God's blessing, side by side with God wants to bless you. These two things are happening at the same time. But we tend to decide what this looks like. We want to be God and control what blessing comes, when and how and where, and all the jazz about how the blessing comes, who it comes, where it comes, what it looks like. We want to be in control of that. But I'm not Yahweh, and neither are you. Yahweh wants to bless his people. How and where and what and what it looks like and when is in his hands. Mine is to receive Yahweh who wants to bless me. How it looks, what it looks like, and how it comes to be, that's not mine to control. God wants to bless and I want to be blessed. What it looks like, how, where, when is kind of sticky when you try to control the king of the universe. How's that working for you? It doesn't work. Further, we want God's blessing, but we don't want God actually maybe better phrase, like let's just take God out of this. I mean, honestly, that's what we want. We, I want blessing, but I don't want God. Imagine building a relationship that looked like that. Imagine a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a boss or a coach or a teacher school, like a, any kind of relationship where all I want is what I can get from you. I actually don't want a relationship with you. I mean, I could use all kinds of graphic imagery of how wrong that is. Using, abusing, it's just wrong. And yet, isn't that how we approach the God of the universe? We want God's blessing, but we don't want God. And that's a problem, right? Because we're trying to control what blessing looks like. We long for blessing. He wants to bless us, but we don't get to control that. I want God, and with God comes blessing forevermore. When it becomes, I want blessing, and God on the side? Mm, doesn't work that way, but what's incredible about God is God blesses us anyway. Like even if my disposition is I want blessing, but I don't want God, you know what's incredible about the generosity of our God is he blesses you anyway. And here's what I mean by that. You have breath in your lungs. What is that called? I say blessing. You have a mind that can create a song or make a pizza, or cut the grass, that's God's blessing. You have the ability to relate to other people and communicate, what is that? That's, that's God's blessing. You have a purpose on planet Earth, and you use your life to do something, you have choices, that's God's blessing. You could choose good or not good, you could choose God or evil, that you can choose anything is God's blessing. That you are made in the image of God, with a soul that will never die, is God's blessing. And it's so easy for us to look at all the things we don't have instead of look at what we do have. When you look at what you do have, don't you have blessing? I mean, I don't know what you're looking at, but like no matter where I am and what I'm going through, if I'm have breath in my lungs, I am blessed. And that's because the God, sovereign king, Yahweh of the universe has said, you can have oxygen today, son you can have choices today. I'm not going to dominate you today, oh human. I'm not going to joystick and make you do things. You're going to have choices. That's God's blessing. And so when you fixate on all the things you don't have, and you don't look at what you do have, you miss a world of blessing that God has given you. God blesses every person every day they're on planet earth. Regardless of how you think about him. Whether you ignore him or reject him, he's still sending sun and rain. When I look at a sunrise, what is that? It's a blessing from God. When I climb a mountain or swim in an ocean, that's a blessing from God. And in all of those ways, God's shouting to humanity, I want to bless you. With Ocean City, Maryland, I want to bless you with great tacos. I want to bless you with great drinks and great relationships and roller coasters. All of these things are God's blessing, but we look at all the things we don't have and all the ways we're frustrated and all the ways, I don't, you're missing God's blessing. God longs to bless his people and he does every day. God's blessing comes through God's design for the universe. Every person that builds something has a purpose for what they build. Can you imagine building something without a purpose? Nobody does that. You create, you have a reason, you design something for a reason. When God created this world, he's a designer. When God made you, he's a designer. He has a purpose and a design for everything he does and through his design comes blessing. When we reject God's design, we reject God's blessing. Hear that again. When we reject God's design, we reject God's blessing because God designed the universe to be a place of order. And the order of the universe is every single person has to report to or be submissive to someone somewhere. There's no one outside of that. We all wanna be autonomous and independent. We don't wanna listen to anyone. When we live lives where we don't listen to anyone and we do our own thing always and forever, we're rejecting God's design and it's not gonna go well at work. We're missing out on his blessing, when you reject his design of submission and authority, when you reject his design for male and female, right? And I'm not talking about the world's thoughts of what it is to be a man or what it is to be a woman. I'm not talking about that at all, but God created men and he created women. And when we reject the design that God has put into the universe, we reject his blessing. God has a design for sexuality. When we reject God's design for sexuality, we reject God's blessing. We miss the blessing he intends for us. When we reject the way God designed us as humans, as husbands and wives and sons and daughters, as people that are supposed to relate and interact with one another, there's a design that he stamped on us as people created in his image. When we reject or ignore that design, we miss his blessing Further. God's blessing comes through his instruction, so he made us for a purpose, and it's like he provided a manual to tell us how to do this. It's called God's Word, the Bible, and when we reject his instruction, we reject his blessing, so his Word tells us how to treat people we don't like. When you reject his Word, you reject his blessing. It tells us to love our enemies and not hate people, When you reject his word and you hate people and you spew hatred towards people, you're rejecting his blessing. When you treat people with injustice, you mistreat people and don't serve them, you're rejecting his instructions and you're rejecting his blessing. There's a design and purpose and a manual of how to live and how to love and how to treat people and how to interact and what to do with our gifts and what to do with our money. And when we don't follow what he says in his word, we miss his blessing because his design and instruction is to help us, not hurt us. And we go, I don't want to listen. But we want blessing. It's like, I'm I'm giving you blessing. I, I gave you a design, first and foremost. I gave you instruction, secondarily. I gave you life and I'm longing to bless you These are common ways he blesses all of us. And yet how many times we go, God doesn't care about God, he doesn't love me. Well, have you you looked at his instruction and his design? Has that applied to your life at all? If you apply it to your life, you're going to discover blessing. Psalm 67 is interesting. Psalm 67 actually kind of repeats Numbers chapter six. So check out what it says in Numbers, or this is Psalm 67. It says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. Does that sound familiar? So Numbers chapter six, repeated here in Psalm 67, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. God is gracious to us and blesses us and makes his face shine upon us so that God's ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. So that is super important. Have you driven down a cul-de-sac? How much time can you spend in a cul-de-sac driving around, lots? How about a highway, how far can you go? Like you can go, right? God has blessed us to be highways, not cul-de-sacs. When we take the blessing of God in any and every area and it cul-de-sacs inside us and spins in circles, We are not fulfilling our purpose on planet Earth. He designed us to receive his blessing and be a conduit, a highway of his blessing to other people. When we hold on to the blessing of God and we don't share it with other people, we are not living our purpose. He gave us blessing to be a blessing. So if God has gifted you with a personality that can relate to anyone so that... God gave you a mind that's incredibly intelligent and you can solve complex problems. He blessed you with that so that he entrusted you with great wealth so that he gave you incredible relationships an incredible family so that you're struggling with a cancer diagnosis so that life is difficult and it's hard and you're confused and you're in a desert and you're wandering around camping so that In all your ways and in every situation, he's slow to anger and abounding in love and he wants to bless you and sometimes his blessing comes in ways you can't imagine so that... God's ways could be known to the world so that we could put on display as a highway the goodness of God in left and right, up and down, good days and bad days, so that his ways could be known on planet Earth to a watching people. He entrusted you with the gift of writing music so that you can bless other people. You can throw a football, a country mile, and nail somebody as a linebacker so that, right? Like, in the glory of God, I'm gonna knock you down, right? Football players, to the glory of God, so that every situation we find ourselves in, we have the ability to show that the blessing that I have, the blessing of Jesus Christ who forgave me and made me new from the inside out, so that your ways, God, could be named known. That this messed up kid from Jersey, who's done incredibly terrible things, have been impure and been mean-spirited and harsh, so that your grace could be put on display, that you could save a wretch like me so that any blessing I have is for other people. And to the extent that I cul-de-sac it here, I'm missing the blessing that God wants to entrust to me. So you want to be blessed by God, but do you want God? Rethink it. If you wanna be blessed by God, but you don't want God, can I ask you to rethink that? You wanna be blessed by God, but you aren't willing to embrace his design for the universe? I would ask you to rethink that. You wanna be blessed by God, but you're ignoring his instructions? I would ask you to rethink that. You wanna be blessed by God, and he has already blessed you with oxygen in your lungs? and you haven't used it for his kingdom and glory, I would ask you to rethink that. But even if you don't, here's what's incredible. The God of the universe loves you, and he's for you. And he says to priests, stand up in front of the people and look out at the person struggling with a diagnosis of cancer, person whose marriage is falling apart, person that's struggling hard, struggling with their identity, their sexuality, their gender, Look at the person who's limping along and trying to follow Jesus but feels like they're a failure. Look at all the diversity of the people. Look out at them, priests, and look at them in the eyes and say in faith, the Lord bless you and keep you. Wherever you are, where your doubts and struggles and temptations and heartache and confusion, wherever you are, wherever your struggle, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace, perfect peace now and forevermore. And he says, I will bless them. Father, please, may we receive by faith your blessing, but may we never think that we're entitled to make it look like what we want it to look like. Instead, may we acknowledge that you're the sovereign. You're Yahweh. You have a design and you have instructions. You have purposes and plans. We submit and surrender all of ourselves to you who is slow to anger and abounding in love and faithful to protect and keep us for all generations. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.